What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. Okay. Would you rather go without music or go without social media, internet? Oh. Wow. You first. Music. I mean, oh, Damn. no. I mean, oh, oh, no, oh, wait. Oh, I did it. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. No, I meant to say social media. I, like, I will not go without music. Oh, I will buy social okay. media. I will. Really? Man, my but headphones died. I have these Bluetooth headphones, and they died on uh, Wednesday. Yeah. And uh. I was like, oh, this is so traumatizing. Because <laughs> I don't have the charger. I need my music, so I feel off. Really? Yeah. What does it do? What is what does music do to you when, it you, just when you're in the zone? It speaks to my vibes. Okay. It gets my vibes up. Word. It gets your vibes? It gets me going. Like, that's my morning process. I wake up. I do some positive uh, intentions of what are your intentions for the day. And then I pick a song for the morning. And then uh. I just play it. So I... Nice. I would not give up my. I would not give up music. Just fuck the social media. Fuck social media. <laughs> yeah, have it. You have it. Yeah, you social media gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> oh what? Yeah, Stressful. social media gotta go. Huh? Would, music. Yeah. Music oh. make you lose control. <laughs> Bex is like, fuck the music. <laughs> give it to social That's media. All that stuff. I, I don't. I don't really know because social media is, is like. It's different now, you know. So yeah. that's how we're 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 informed, and we're also you know marketing and just putting. And even some people make a living off mm-hmm. of it. So it's like depending on where we are in life, if that's our part of our living, then I would probably give up music. But it's like I don't believe social, that you social, you love music. I, I do, I do love music. But it's like I don't know. Going without listening to music is is one thing, but. but Playing music and doing music is probably another, right? You ain't even that active <laughs> on social media. Yeah, but she's, she's a creeper. She's a creeper. She's in a bro. yeah. Yeah, you like, a creeper on social see, media. Both y'all will see me look, reading, seeing your story. So don't act like I'm not, I'm not on I there. I think it's because you know, like we also lived in the time before social media. So I'm like, uh, I know the time before social media. Yeah. I know what that is. I don't know how how to That's find my true. resources. But I don't know a time before music. Okay. I don't know that. So. Okay. Music. That's why I immediately say, oh, "Music, uh, don't man, leave it alone. Don't, don't fuck with that. Give me no, music, Take the social music, media. Take music it. carries memories. Social media can exactly. get the hell on. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to For the Cultures podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bex Bumble. What it do, Kaipo? It's your host, D Boy. And this is episode thirty-three. Damn. Trey, Trey, damn. How we feeling about that? Feeling good? Yeah, we growing, yeah. getting older. Three-three is a good number. Yeah, three-three is a good, good number. number. Oh man, we Trendy. also have a special guest in the house today. Ah, familiar early, voice. Yeah. Early this Monday morning, everybody knows her, but uh, nobody knows me. No. <laughs> the social media lights know her. No, yeah. wonderful uh, Kiana Fuego. No, it's Fuego, but, you know, it's Fuenga. Yeah. It's that fire girl. She, fire. She's in the studio with us. That's what people she's say. It's like, that oh, energy. What's up, Key Love Low? What's up, y'all? <laughs> Welcome back. back. Welcome back. I'm Welcome back. back. Oh, turn her mic off. Hurry up. Turn it off. <laughs> Thanks back. for making time to be here. Yes, of course. Of yeah. course. It cracks me up because when people hear, like, they read my last name and they're not Salmon, they'll say Fuega. And they're, um, they're like, oh, Fuega. Oh, it reminds me about the word Fuego. It's like fire. I, yeah. Yeah. I am like yeah, fire. you spit that fire. Fuego, yeah. yeah. Remember that, that when you, you remember that smoke? me. You want that <laughs> you smoke? Want that? She can bring it to you. You don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that, yeah. 
it's either or. Like, if it reminds you of fire, do it, but just pronounce it properly. Okay. Fuenga. Okay. Or you'll get lit the fuck up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we have a lot in store today in our episode. Again, we have the lovely Kiana in the house. So, I mean, we just don't even know what to expect what's coming out of her. You know, she's our famous tea time girl, and uh, we're just excited to get to the tea. But uh, first and foremost. We want to get grounded, right? We want to just center ourselves and, you know, like, just want to. I mean, we we actually did a little bit of grounding, you know, with some Nipsey Hustle in the background earlier, but we want to do a whole different type of grounding right now. (laughs) That's what you are. That's that's a different ground that we (laughs) was on. That was kind of like a. We're going to ground ourselves in spirit. Yeah, this is like that. That's an energy grounding. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what came out spicy. It's like, don't touch the music. We (laughs) we just press stop on Nipsey's music. Don't. Yeah, so Keanu, we usually ask our guest to, you know, you try to we give them the opportunity if they like to, you know, kind of take us to that place of just meditation, a mm. word of affirmation, just a poem, blessing. any words of advice, prayer, blessing, call to the ancestors, a psalms, yes, a call to the ancestors. A I quote from Nipsey Hussle. Tupac Man, I wish quote, I had one. I, had, I wish I had that ready. I actually do have a quote that's ready. So um, I want to ground ourselves in. What we'll eventually end up talking about later through this, but it was a quote that I came across um, as I was randomly reading through articles, and it's from Tuya Tutupo Tamasese Efi. And I know that you peep daddy boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will read that. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, I'm going to catch you off guard. All right. You are. <laughs> I, I, I feel it. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Let's get it. it. I am not an individual, I am an integral part of the cosmos. I share divinity with my ancestors, the land, the sea, and the skies. I'm not an individual because I share a tofi with my family, my village, and my nation. I belong to my family, and my family belongs to me. I belong to my village, and my village belongs to me. I belong to my nation, and my nation belongs to me. This is my sense. This is my essence of my belonging. Mm-hmm. Damn. My drop. Who's that by again? So he was the former head of state of Samoa. What? And uh yeah, you know, he he writes a lot. He 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 has like you can follow his work online. He's an elder. Um he came wow. into that uh, position after I think after Maniatoa passed away and then held that up until a few up until a few years ago. So I love like reading through his stuff. He's very he knows a lot. And yeah. he has a few books that are out. I've read a little bit of them. I haven't finished reading them, but I really feel like uh elder wisdom. You know, um <clears throat> Over the weekend, uh, on Friday, um, Tina Terrell was at Journey to Empowerment. How was it? It was dope. You know, she did her thing. Go ahead. She really, um, she really brought the energy into the space, and a lot of folks, you know, had never met her before or been exposed to her. Um, and so it was really good to have that kind of uh, interaction, right, to provide the space for folks to meet her and her to meet the community. But, you know, uh, she led us in a meditation and a grounding, and she she started it off similar to how she grounded us when she was on the show. Last mm-hmm. time. Yeah, and how, you know, thinking about, like, closing our eyes and mm-hmm. centering ourselves and feeling our body and thinking about roots <clears throat> and thinking about it, you know, starting from our spine and uh, the roots planting into the ground or the, mm-hmm. or the water or what, whatnot, and just thinking about all of that growing you know, you really visualize that, and that's the same um, feeling I get when you when you just shared mm. that um, that quote. Because just thinking about, I like how he said, 
you know, I have a tofi to mm-hmm. my inheritance, inheritance yeah. to my people, to my family, to mm. uh, my cultures, everything. You yeah. know, it's like, dang. I mean, inheritance is such a beautiful way of putting that, you know, mm. our sense of belonging is something that <clears throat> is passed on to us, mm. right? And I think especially as people who live in the diaspora, sometimes that sense of belonging is blurred and mm. we have to reformat what does that mean for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so when I saw it that way, I'm like, yo, that really re- sums up like why I do work that I do Like right. because I feel accountable to my family and to my village, even though the village is no longer just in Olosenga and Leone. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, my villages are also Tacoma and Lakewood and Stellacom and, right. you know, back in Washington. Right. So, you know, being a part of that community there um, really drives me not just because I know I'm accountable to them, but I'm really a part of them, right? right? You know, that they're the essence of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this quote sees me. Yeah. <laughs> and just really quick, Kiana, because um, I know that you were on our show. Or, or uh, yeah. Or, what, how, how many months? Has it been a few months? It's like September. Yeah. yeah. Real early on when we, when and for we first those, started. And for those who are listening now, maybe they didn't, you know, go back and listen. Mm-hmm. Would you kind of give them kind of like a, just a, just a little quick history of what you do now? Because you mentioned yeah. like what you do and maybe. Yeah. So um, I'm from Washington um, by way of Tacoma. And I do a lot of work with our Pacifica community up there as it relates to college access and right. education and really looking at how do we ground um access in a way that is meaningful for Pacifica people. You know, institutions do this thing a lot where they say, oh, well, this is for you. This is for Asian Pacific Islanders. (laughs) Shade. That's shade right there. Um, And then we'll go to that stuff and then we'll see like, oh, you guys don't even know what the fuck we're about. You don't know where we're from. This stuff is unfamiliar to us, but you have in your label that these are for us. So Mm. I work with uh, for a um, a college where I have the opportunity to really design what does that look like for us Mm, so when we do like you know STEM programming to engage our students and promote higher education it's about we're going to frame this within you know the context of understanding navigation as a part of your history here are the different ways that um, the STEM fields can tie back to your histories and this is what it can look like for the future because we're a lot of times um, folks who like to steward our histories Mm. but we don't imagine enough for the future so for me Mm. like that's why the educational piece is very important because I want us to think very mindfully about what does our future look like and right, how do we right, become right. active people in creating that future. So I've been doing a lot of that. I'm spicy. A lot of that. <laughs> spicy. Yeah. Spicy, spicy. Educator. Mm-hmm. Liberator. Sometimes. <laughs> Poet? Sometimes that. Sometimes. Lyricist. Lyricist. You know, drop drop some uh Keanu, you know, I'll uh, drop some bars. I'm like, I don't I don't have any. It's seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but, but, but you do though. You spit bars, you can spit it in the you know, poetry form, in uh, music form and also just sharing the tea, right? Like mm, just drop some knowledge. I drop like, some I like knowledge. the tea form. Yeah. 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 We, it's really exciting to have you back, especially because you created or you've used your platform to create this thing that you call Tea Time, right? Can you give us a, a quick synopsis of what Tea Time with Kiana... Prepare the people. 
prepare is... the people. Um, so it just is something that came up organically. Right. I love to clown. I'm I'm the worst clown. I'm, I'm not Damn. the worst. I'm the worst and the best clown. Like just because I'm hella critical about how things come in, and I'm always right. trying to like throw it back about you know, well, do you think about things this way? Yeah. And and then there's this comedic element to it where I just see things they're very funny as they come across my mind. So I'm like, you know what? Let me start recording some of the things that I think and how I see things. And um, dude, what you said something about like um, just how like um, tea always be spicy. And and what I didn't realize when I was talking about these things, I wasn't purposefully recording these little snippets of IG stories to be spicy. And then I like I somebody recommended, oh, you should archive these. And so as I listened to them, I'm like, dang, Keanu, you always like trying to be like. You try to always pull cards, and I didn't realize I was doing that the whole time. Like, but that's sometimes naturally my energy on yeah. some real shit. Card is, puller. I just like to pull people's card. Yeah. I'm like, you look. But we need that. Exactly. Yeah, because we need that critical. Lens. Like, I'm not. I'm not purposefully trying to attack anybody. You, right. Usually, the way that I'm responding is somebody says something raggedy, mm-hmm. and um, you or know, did we right did something raggedy, that. and. We are not taught to be critical and push back on that. I'm like, hell no. Right. That's, that's right. facts. Like, facts. I, I've got a small stature, but I got a big spirit. <laughs> okay, scrappy dude. <laughs> so, Put so, so uh, let me just, you know, push back on this and give some different entry points for us to look at a situation. Yeah. Um, and I can be wrong and push back on me. Yo, serve me with the tea then. Yeah. But can, yeah. at what point do we ever have these critical conversations? So it's just, uh, you know, funny format of me yeah. talking about I love things that be setting off, off my radar. You come <laughs> off super passionate about, like, just, you know, what so, whatever topic that's on your heart. And then you'll be like, like, ow, Block that, Ufa. You just go from, like, hey, you motherfuckers need to get your shit right. Ow. <laughs> 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 That's the spice. That's yeah, the spice. That's the spice, spice, bro. Like, you know, there's levels to this. There's mm-hmm. levels it's to real, this. Man. Like, that, you know, oh, I love the say, it's like uh, the Spanish um, saying. Somebody said, like, ¿Por qué no los dos? Like, why not both? So a lot of Ooh. times when we think about being critical, like, you know, oh, well, critical lens looks like this, you know, neatly packaged thing that only has to sound like this and speak like this, and <laughs> you just can't raise your voice. There can't be elements, but you got to be on some NPR shit. What accent is that? Like, it has to be on NPR. It has to always be calm, and you can't, there's no exclamation marks. I'm like, fuck that shit. Hell no. Let's, let's be very critical, and let's yeah. talk in the ways that we talk. And this is the same thing I'm saying with college access. Is mm-hmm. It has to look like us. If you want it to be for us, it has to look like us. And Sound so why like not, like, like, in being, like, bringing these different elements into talking about these critiques, that's how I hear us talking to mm-hmm. each other. So I'm like, oh, like when that. I'm at home, this right, is how right. we talk. I don't come and talk to an NPR voice and I okay. want. <laughs> you know, I don't talk to people like that. So I don't want us to think that when we're being critical, it only has to sound in this very academic um, mm. accent right. thing. Yeah. It can sound just like it does with the people that you, you know, kick back with. And that's where they'll know, like, look, this for all of us. So. That's why your tea time is good for the digestive <laughs> Yo, system because time. you bring That's it in so many different forms, right? Like, like you're bringing the critical lens, you're bringing the comedic though, lens, yeah. and that's how we... That's how we're able to get the message across. You know it's what I mean? detox tea. Okay. <laughs> detox tea. Clean your system tea. Right. right? And and that, it's, it's just, it's funny to me because I feel like some parts of it takes a life of its own. Like, yeah. mm. I was telling you guys before this show even started, I'm like, I don't even think people watch this shit. I just like talking shit sometimes. <laughs> Talk shit, put this shit up there. Right. And then thinking like nobody's watching this. Oh, <laughs> and man. then people will hit me up and you know, and, and, and it's led to a lot of conversations off of social media about things that I've said, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of a different perspective that they considered and they hadn't before because nobody talked about it before. Word. So mm. I, I love that it is 
in some ways takes a life of its own. And if it can lend language, yeah, lend oh, language, then yeah. that's, what, that's such and, a And that's why we thing. want to not lend this space, right, but give this space because mm. this is not just Bex and I's space, right? right. This is for the cultures, right? And, and you, you and your critical lens have definitely contributed to what our cultures look like. Aww. today and so yeah. even with tea time you know like you said it's like the things you've said have taken on a life of its own we want to make sure like a whole ass life a whole ass <laughs> person's <laughs> life right? right we want to be able to offer up our platform so that we mm. can further on its life right further yeah, on its absolutely. extension and continue to let Give it take life form support. yeah life support <laughs> but just just be able to like have tea time with Kiana right mm-hmm. and like let's talk about the shit Let's get to it, and so. All right, let's yeah. save it, guys. So we have it's to really, check in our bro, man. It's really I great to know how the week went. All right, let's move on. Dang, <laughs> bro. What's happening? Had a long ass week. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, you're I struggling mean, right now. I didn't go to no conference like y'all, but <laughs> did you go to the conference all week, Danny? What? Why are you asking all these questions? Like, you know, <laughs> are you trying to get me audited? Like, see, in the works, but not. I might have. I oh, might man, have not. I think Diva was always every day professionally developing himself. Yes. yes. I believe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was just one of these long-ass weeks for me. I can yeah. dig it. You know, that's what happens when you try to work two jobs and try to have a life. You just can't. It don't really Something got to give. Yeah. So people, be, people like Danny Boy think I'm not busy because I'm not posting on social media, but... I'm really be on there, but a little key sneaky because I, you know, y'all know I be watching y'all story, <laughs> so I got time. I don't be thinking that. Don't be putting words sure. in my mouth, <laughs> fool. Yeah, but I had, I had a, I had a, I had a long week. I need to have a better week this week. Mm. So hopefully it'll be a slower. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about y'all? How about uh, you, Kiana? Um, I had a few buzz. Okay. Like, man, look, bruh, I was coming down here back to the Bay Area and I had a glittery Welcome. shirt. I talked about that on my stories. Oh, how yeah. I had a glittery oh, ass shirt. shirt. And then they had to do a whole pat down because they're like, oh, all your things and this little digital thing is all lit up in yellow. What is that? I was like, dang, oh, fucking no. And Hello? so, like, it was it was my tank top, but the lady, all of the um, pat down that I had to go through it, thanks to TSA. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Freedom. Uh, I'm like, okay, but it's my shirt. It's showing up as my shirt. Why are you feeling everything below my shirt? Like, you're not even feeling on where the yellow was. You all up in my crotch and stuff. And she was like rubbing down my legs. I'm like, look, just get up out of my goodies right now. Put it back in the jar. Okay. So it was very uncomfortable, and I I haven't had that happen to me before. And so when the lady was like, um, we have to do a whole pat down search. And she was like, oh, do you want to go into a room? And I'm like, what the fuck? No, do it right here. I need safety in numbers. Do it right here for the people. Uh, <laughs> and so when she was all doing this, I was like, oh, motherfucker, damn, can you quit digging all up in my stuff? Damn. She should have been like, I got some so, reflexes. You better be careful. Okay. She was, yeah, so that was annoying, but I got through. And I, you know, I'm like, look, the people that, you know, you should be worried about, they don't look like me. Okay. okay. <laughs> 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 <And> <laughs> she's always spicy. And then, <laughs> all kind of tea, all kind of tea. And then for the millionth time, man, I lost my purse and it came back to me. <laughs> my purse has been through things. It's it be like getting the left. Sisterhood it be getting pants. It got stolen before at church. That's the doppelganger. Right and, and it still came back to me after somebody emptied it and threw it in front of the Fife House house. Okay, she says she, the yeah. purse got stolen yeah. at church. Yeah. They tried to run on my credit cards. I was like, ha ha, I already maxed them out. I'll pay them later. Yeah. <laughs> so you ain't doing nothing to my credit cards. But I'm like, you know. 
Just got so, hella molded. Yeah. Bruh, I almost lost my purse and it came back to me. I was like, oh, thank you, oh. boomerang purse. Thank <laughs> right? you, Marriott. <laughs> For finding it and the be like, who stupid ass? <laughs> Keep leaving that shit around. That'd be me. <laughs> That'd be gods. me. The purse guys watching out for me, oh, bringing Lord. my uncle back. So <laughs> I'm just so I'd be absent minded. You blessed, girl. I know. Thank you. Highly Thank favored. you. Highly favored. Highly favored. Anointed. Because I was like, you know, ain't nothing valuable in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cheap ass purse, some cheap ass shit in it. Just give me it. They're like, you know what? This is this is a uh, this is a. We're just gonna give you this back because we know you. This is a struggle ass purse. Struggle is weird. As a matter of fact, I was trying to ditch that purse. <laughs> I, I, like, I wanted to leave it. Dang, ain't nothing in it. Right. So, yeah. Oh man. My bruh for the week is. Just it's been a long week too, you know. I, I was telling um, Kiana and Carol, my, my my other sister Carol, who's in town from LA, and just a bunch of folks that were down for the conference, right? Mm-hmm. About like think about thinking about the spectrum of burnout, right? And mm-hmm. and the work that we do, and and like you know, one end being not burnt out at all, and mm. the other end being burnt out, right? Mm. Feeling very close to being burnt out mm. and so in um in trying to avoid reaching that point it's like okay i need to go fill my cup mm-hmm. i need to be around my folks i need to when when work is done leave work there and just mm-hmm. be because right. um you know we have a tendency to take our work home with us because it's very personal right? mm-hmm. and so i'm always thinking about work and always thinking about like the programming that we're putting yeah. together and Thinking about how things, you know, will work out or thinking about the things I need to get done, that shit burn, you know, can burn burn us out. Yeah. And so I really just wanted to take time to be able to refill my cup, yes. re-energize the batteries, be with folks that really um, feed into me yeah. mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? right. Just because um, that energy helps me stay grounded and pushing forward right. in the work. So, Yeah. It's it's been a week, but I'm glad that I recognized it and was able to spend time with good folks. Especially, yeah. you know, we spent a lot of time together this yeah. week, and it's been really good. rich. Um, and my cup feels full. Full of tea. Full of tea. Okay, <laughs> that tea's keeping me I'm awake like, hey, because tea got some whiskey in it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of tea is this? this is what That's why it's spicy. That's hey, why it's spicy. You know, got it got to you know. be spicy somewhere. I don't know what else you thought I was going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, you know, even though I have had, like, uh, not enough sleep, mm. you know, okay, that's the reason. Team no sleep. That's the right. reason why my cup is full is because I'm just trying to pack it in because I need all the energy and I'm going to go get some sleep over, uh, you know, right. on time. Right. But it's well worth it, so. Yes. Yeah. Also this week, um, just throw it out there real quick. We, the culture took a huge loss, you know, with Nipsey yeah. Hussle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot uh, going on out there in L.A. I think the first night um, when or the night he passed, there was like stabbings out there. Like at his I heard that there was it, like I think um, they said because people trampled the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That People got cut from the glasses. Oh, is what I read. They said okay. that it was originally reported um, that there were stabs against shootings, and yeah. then they're like, "Yeah." Then the smoke cleared. They were like, "Oh, you just See, stepped on a glass." The news, but it, got, yeah. but it did. Yeah, there was like some everybody panic. was running. I, was like, I saw that. Yeah, but yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then Big the loss. internet erupted. The internet, 
you know, everybody. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's not even the internet. It's it's the news. You yeah. Know? Like we got to be very careful and critical of like where we're getting our information from, who's reporting that information, because sometimes it, you know, they're reporting the wrong thing. Right. And you know, like just, just like goes quick, back to earlier. Yeah. You know, with whole social media and like being informed, like we got to be careful because that's how people misinformed. get misinformed as mm-hmm. well on on social right. media, right? Like. People want to be journalists and shit and report on shit, but don't even know what time it is, right? Right. Yeah. Don't even know what kind of flavor the tea is. Exactly. You know, and, and I mean, it, you have that 24-hour news cycle where everybody's competing to make sure that they break the news first. Mm-hmm. We broke Come the news on. first. So I, yeah. I saw that, and then um, somebody had posted that a stabbing had happened. So I went to go See? and look for the information about it, and I couldn't find it in no articles. So I was like, eh, that's questionable, man. Right, just trying um, to have And one then up. I found, I was like, let me just wait till the next day to read up on this some more. And then they said, oh, no, people just stepped on some glass. They tried to Shade room. <laughs> and it, right? And that some people got trampled because of See? how people rushed out. But we don't want it to See, be all about, about that, tea. though. That's why we have Keanu on here. We don't want it to be about that. We want this to be about, like, celebrating a beautiful life. Right. And, you know, the impacts that that has had on the local community there. But just people across, you know, um, not even just um, the hip-hop community, but even outside of that, especially when you recognize that somebody loved their community to the point right. where, like, you know, you're building enterprise and, yeah. you know, um, you're really trying to get folks on some new shit and rebuild the place that you're from after all of these things has really, you know, positioned it as right. this, like, very low-income, you know, yeah. space. And to see people give back in a big way, um, for me, especially as somebody that's about their community, like, I love and I respect that so deeply. And I unfortunately didn't learn all of the work that he was doing until afterward. Right. But I, as soon as I read about that, I just started listening like you know to his interviews and listening to music and I'm like dang I'm I'm sad that I missed out on you know what he was doing while he was living but we can all take from what he's done in his life his for the future right yeah. his legacy to carry those things on and and I feel in the ways that I've seen people respond and just how how much despair that's brought to people right. that that's the kind of grief that's transformative right? right that you know that that was somebody that was really about purely loving his community in as best a way as he knew how and you could see it there's there's you know like he's giving jobs to people from the area he's you know like let me put people to work um and design the um the uniforms for yeah. i think it was like a restaurant that he had and Just you know taking wealth. yeah within the community mm-hmm. building wealth and i'm like dang like what a humongous loss and that he would always come back there. Like, the fact that he was shot at his own store that's in Crenshaw. Right. Like, this is a place that he never left. And usually when you get money, you leave your communities. But this is somebody that came back there and said, let's rebuild. And I'm just like, I mean, just that right now. Right. That's that's a huge loss. So, you know. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody was mourning and grieving in their own ways. And everyone was posting about it. And it just was... Sad to see that this is another loss mm-hmm. that the you know like Senseless. communities are you know have taken and are are dealing with right and mm-hmm. are, are re-traumatized especially with the huge with such a huge influencer like yeah. Nipsey right, right. And I I too like I wasn't familiar with his music I knew he was an artist and I knew uh, folks listened to him tough right? Mm-hmm. right I never really listened to his music but I was always privy to the work that he was doing in the community, right? right? His leadership yeah. mm-hmm. um, and the, just the things that he was building. And through that, I, I was like, okay, that's what's up. You know what I mean? To yeah. see such an artist be so critical, right? Mm-hmm. right? And to push back and to critique 
society, right? right. And, and history and the current situation and even to contextualize his upbringing based on like where he came from and the circumstances at hand and how he offered that to the cultures. Yeah. I can appreciate right. that. But even learning about like, you know, other problematic things that he has mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. and also learning about how he's addressed it, right? Like he's this right. whole person who, you know, like all of us are, right? We're all right. imperfect people. Um, and I really can appreciate just everything that he built um, for the community. Yeah. And also hold him responsible for the, you know, the, the problematic things that he said, you know, right. especially with like in terms of the queer community. Yeah. Right. And it's it's just unfortunate. But what I really have um, paid attention to is just how everybody's, you know, referring to like the marathon continues. Mm-hmm. I love it. Right. And yeah. that was the name of his yeah. store as well. Yeah. Right. It was the marathon. Mm-hmm. And being someone who has ran, uh, okay, I didn't run, but I completed the LA Marathon, Go right? Ahead. In 2015, and like. For if y'all don't know, a marathon is 26.2 miles. Point two. 26.2. That point two is deadly. And it's like doing the LA Marathon was never something that I wanted to do. It was never on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. It was only because the organization I used to work for, right? My my, uh, former boss, she had us, she she provided an opportunity for us to fundraise for the program that we were Mm -hmm. leading. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do it for, you know, I'll do it for that. I'll do it for the cultures. I'll do it for the culture. You know what I mean? And so we trained and like, it, 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 even that was tough, right? Because I'm not somebody who's just normally athletic mm-hmm. um, or, or disciplined in that sense. Mm-hmm. But to be able to do it for something, and then I also did it for my aunt who passed away, you know, rest in peace. Um, so I dedicated it to her, but also I did it for for our young people. And that shit is not all physical. Yeah, A huge it's part of it game. is mental, right? Where, like, there's moments yeah. you want to break down there's moments you want to give up, uh, but you got to keep going, right? Because for me, I always want to see something through. Yeah. No matter what. I'll crawl. I'll crawl to yeah, that damn yeah, finish yeah. line if you I You can roll. To. You I know you roll. can get creative. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could attach myself right, to you the could car. do the worm. <laughs> something, I mean, I had the idea did cross my mind where I was like, shit, let me just hop on a bus and I'll get closer. But I was like, nah, I ain't going to cheat You carried like that. it. I got to hold this. It's, this is not as much pain as, like, my auntie... Dang. was going through right because she was on her deathbed yeah. Yeah, while yeah. while I was doing that and I'm just every time that I got so many aches and pains mm-hmm. I, I just had to sit down and remember this is just temporary yeah it's not the same it's gonna pain. wear off keep going yeah the mental strain right of like walking down fucking Rodeo Drive mm-hmm. around all this wealth you know feeling mm-hmm. so insecure and so insignificant but like just saying fuck it and pushing through. Yeah. Right? You know, they say the 20th mile around that time, you hit the gl- glass wall, and that's where a lot of people <sighs> drop like flies out of yeah. a marathon because it is so much more of a mental game after that point. Only because I was trying to train for a marathon. <laughs> I was like, I would do a half a marathon. But, uh, but that's yeah, true. I don't though. have the discipline for a whole marathon. But um, mm-hmm. I remember always reading up on like, you have to train for the t- beyond 20 miles before mm-hmm. you get to that because that's where people run into this thing. And I know what the mental game is because I had to, like, when I was training um 
I would want to stop at the second mile. I was like, oh, you know, my knees hurt, man. But <laughs> then I would switch over to being like, okay, Kiana, but this is a mental game. So right. you want right. to quit right now. Your body is telling you you want to stop, but it's your mind that really runs things. So if you yeah. really want to do this, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. And so I would want to stop at two, and then I would end up stopping at 10 miles. And I was like, you a badass motherfucker, Kiana. And I would <laughs> air high five myself. Time over there. I'm so, <laughs> uh, you know, I got to air high five myself. True. Internal That is motivation. so true. Because, um, <laughs> Because, uh, so I said earlier, I said my boss, I'm talking about Alisi, mm-hmm. or, you know, referred to her as Paula. She was, she told me about like how usually it's at mile 19 where mm-hmm. she, where she breaks, right? Mm-hmm. And she has an epiphany. And I just kept that in mind. And I realized that I was approaching mile 20. Um, and it was at mile 19 where I too had mm-hmm. this sort of like breakdown revelation Ooh, where I was that. like walking and laughing and crying. Yeah, and, I've had that before. And yeah. just like, it's so just, weird. just completely like, but beautiful. Um, having a, a breakthrough. And like, once I reached mile 20, it was like, okay, you had a super I got it. I got it. I can, <laughs> I can, you know, get to the end. And even in, in those last 6.2 miles, right, I knew I had it. It, it got harder and harder, right? Right, right. The sun went down. The battery was dying. But, like, just seeing it through. Yeah. And I always forget that I have that reference mm-hmm. to draw back to when things in life are getting ah, hard. Come on mm. now, preacher. This, okay. this mar- like, the marathon that Nipsey was referring to, the marathon experience that I had, right, when times are tough, when times feel like there's no hope, I yeah. gotta remember that we just gotta stay steadfast and mm-hmm. keep pushing. Persevere, yeah. persevere, Push. because it's not a sprint, right? It's a yeah. marathon. We gotta keep going. Yeah. And I really appreciate the fact that like this, this, um, this mindset of the yeah. the marathon continues means that like we're all gonna continue to um, keep pushing, keep healing, right? Because yeah. healing ain't pretty. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's healing ugly. is hard ass work. It's, it's ugly. Yes, Lord. But we gotta keep pushing and keep going to. To reach those different uh, markers, right? Those different yeah. finish lines, um, to see it through. Yeah. And so yeah. I really love that, that about Nipsey. Get to that growth. Yeah. You know, and I think too, like um, that it's it's easy to burn out, especially when you're surrounded by destitute poverty. You know, mm. and I, I appreciate mm. that you put a story like that called the marathon because you reference that this isn't just a sprint. This right. isn't just a one fixed thing. I don't just build one business. I'm gonna take right. over the whole block. These mm-hmm. are gonna be all my businesses. Right. Right. I'm trying to build generational wealth, and yes. I'm building generational wealth not because I'm gonna be flashy, but because I have people I have to pass that down to. I have yeah. family, I have community that I have to pass that down to. Communities that have been taken from for a very long time. So when when we strategize, it always has to be for the long run. Mm-hmm. We always have to think about what are the long-term effects of the decisions that we make in today's yes. day and age. Yes. Like, what does it have in, you know, 26 miles down the road or, you know, 26 years down the road? What does that look like? Right. And do we want to imagine a whole new community? And if we want to, you have to do what you do at mile one, mile two, yes. episode 33. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to continue to progress on, that and elevate yeah. that, which we we're saying it was episode 33, right? Mm-hmm. And Nipsey was 33. Look at that. Man. Oh, look at the linemen. Look at the Trinity. Look at the Trinity up in that. Okay. How did how do you feel about Bex? Like, I, I was I was pretty familiar with his work because um, I followed his wife girlfriend. Yeah. His oh, Lauren London. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Beautiful. So I've been oh, following yes. her for, um, on social media for a while. So I was always kind of current with you know Nipsey and his yeah. work. So. Yeah, it was it was a really tough hit, and um, 
I think one one thing that really hit me was um, in a good way was watching a lot of different states kind of put the, put together their own vigil. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nipsey, I know. Like Texas, there was one out here in San Jose. The one in Washington. Washington, I seen. Washington, like all over. Oakland. O- Oakland. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm sure, like there are like a lot of. Um, They're popping up everywhere. Accounted yeah. for, but it's just I've never seen anybody grieve like that. No, I have not seen anybody like a you know entertainer grieved in that way, or maybe like you know like like, like, like Michael Jackson, yeah. Like, yeah, Michael but, Jackson. but but not like, for like hip hop. Like yeah, you don't see that that much. Like yeah, uh, uh, like Pac and Biggie were the last ones that I seen that, yeah. and that was a long time ago. But yeah. you know to recognize that look, that energy is still here. You know yeah. even in yeah. this day and age, because a lot of people don't think it's here anymore. Mm-hmm. But then you see you remove somebody like Nipsey, and then you see the ripple effects of that, exactly. and I'm like yo, that's that person's mana that's living. That's why Word. people are drawn to to. Show them respect because the amount of mana that that person had. Right. So and didn't the didn't the police? The yeah, LAPD. I was just oh, getting ready to talk about that. Yeah, there there's a video that was again on social media that um, because Nipsey Hussle before he passed away, the day he passed, um, I think he was supposed to meet with the police mm-hmm. yeah, the day after, that. right? Yeah. So uh, that 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 whole interview with the police officer um, was pretty much just kind of just saying that hey we're going to continue the marathon yeah yeah they were like we're going to do this for Nipsey this is what yeah. he wanted this is what he wanted to do for the community yeah. he pretty much kind of gave them That's like, give me the idea and the blueprint of what he wants to, and what he expects to give to the community in the future so the, the you know that's already been put out there with all the meetings that they've done behind scenes you know yeah. so it's like it's great Look at the, just like the different levels of like you know not just being a business you know um, person but then also like on a community place like you know looking at the safety of your community like right. th- all of these multiple right this cultural wealth um, and then into in the entertainment space too just like there's so many different areas that you know Nipsey was um, delving into to really fully transform like the place that he came from like, mm-hmm. you know and that's not something we often see let alone from entertainers at that right um we don't see that and and usually especially coming out of crenshaw like that's not an area that you know is ever glorified for people doing community work but y'all know in places that you come from there's hella people that do community work but we just we usually look at it we look at what their struggles are and we don't think that people are there to do resistance work or we say oh well you know you're um i was reading something like um at uh a basketball game um you know his his um, photo came up and people were showing respect and then you hear this balangi lady in the background saying oh well you know rest in peace of that gangbanger and i'm just you know is that people automatically mm, look at image and right. then they say oh well you know they're not doing anything and that's why i'm I think, like, I, I felt his loss so deeply because it shows resistance, you know, that I can be all of this, like, I can be, I can look and be in this way and be from this area and be community right. activist right. and be flipping things around in a big way. And those are things that we don't often allow to coexist in mm-hmm. our minds. Exactly. I, like, I see it all the time with people, but um, if you are totally unattached from community work, your automatic assumption is that, oh, no, the people who are doing good work, they, you know, look like this. They look yeah. a very certain they dress way. dress a certain way. They right. Have hair dentist right, right right and and i think he was intentionally rejecting those exactly. things too and i'm yep. like man i love that i love resistance i love that and we got to expand the way in which we see people in mm-hmm. exactly right? it's like, um you know i think it also relates back to what sophie sophia was talking about mm. last episode yeah was that like that was she good intentionally episode. Yep. Right, right, I know, shout right. out to shout sophia, out sophia. Yeah. hey girl, girl. <laughs> uh how she was saying she intentionally went to uh, deliver her speech um for the committee she she sits on 
in uh or she wanted to go in a jersey but she just went in like a camel jacket and her and a and a and a, a dress mm-hmm. but not like a you know a fitted dress or whatnot just just her comfortable self yeah and she wanted show to show up how you are yeah show up how she is she didn't want to be different for nobody and say that like I can look I could look like this and be all this but it doesn't define me right like mm-hmm. here's what I have to say yeah um here's what's important to my community and it be and it be received it. with yeah. the same with the same like kind of acceptance right. as if yeah. she were to have dressed the right you know what would be the professional yeah. or whatever it can, we yeah, can because be who creates what pre- and who creates what professionalism look like right because professionalism white supremacy oh <laughs> be all the way real like you know it looks like having your hair done in a certain way it, and, and it looks like you know being wearing clothes that are not comfortable for right. us so I'm like well who gets doing, to decide this and not having things like tattoos I'm like mm, skirt okay and doing I've work them, from yeah, 9 to 5 right when, 9 to 5 right. Right. when the work is a marathon mm-hmm. and, and it's not limited Ooh, talk about that it's not limited mm-hmm. to the, this, this time frame right it's it's continuous work 24-7 365 yeah. you know it's there's a there's a really great article which will um I'll make sure we put the link to um on our episode notes. It's it's about how white supremacy shows up in in our work, right? Mm-hmm. Or like in the the um just the different spaces in which we work, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, right? And how like even just thinking about productivity, mm-hmm. right? And making sure that we have Say these that. numbers and making sure that we're like delivering things and we're showing everything's quantifiable mm-hmm. um, versus like qualitative, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about the quality of the work that right, we're giving. Right. Yeah. We're not so much worried about the quality or like we got to meet at least a standard, but the numbers are what's more important. Right. And you when have we to meet live, the status quo. You have to meet the status <laughs> quo, right? When you're not thinking about the quality of the work that's given, we kind of we kind of fail. Yeah, people get way, hella right? comfortable with mediocrity. Right. Yeah. Right? They get really comfortable with mediocrity. They do the minimum that they can to meet and check the box and say, well, I did the job. Mm-hmm. I was like, but, I mean, you didn't do it great. Right. Um, so, you know, y'all tagging us out here for the amount of time it takes us to do some stuff. But, you know, I'm out here trying to be excellent. It mm-hmm. takes time to be excellent. It takes a marathon to be excellent. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, guys, we're we're not seeing a lot. We we kind of was talking about Nipsey. They just talked about the marathon, but right. but you know, like it, the the passing of Nipsey Hussle has mm. put us all in this space to think about all the work that we're doing, right? Yeah. The legacy that he has left behind, and how we're gonna continue these marathons that we're all mm-hmm. essentially racing in. Right. Right. All right, guys, we'll continue on this Just take that as, like, you know, that's, like, some food for thought, y'all. Pour <laughs> that into your cup. That's your tea for the week. And yes. go and think about that for yourself. And <laughs> How and are you going to? Peace. Yeah, RIP to Nipsey Rest in power. Rest in power. Rest in power. For sure. All right, our ICU segment is actually, we're actually going to give Kiana the honors and blessing to uh, recognize someone. But just a quick note, what we're going to do for the month, month. of April, yes. because Talk it is it. Uh, Poetry Month, month right, mm-hmm. is that we're going to use our ICUs to recognize Pacific Islander poets who yes. are, you know, bringing the word, connecting the words and being the wordsmith that they are, and really just highlight our folks that are doing, you know, uh, what our our history is, how our history was passed down, yeah. made mm-hmm. up of, right? Mm-hmm. We come from a very oral 
uh, tradition of where knowledge and culture and heritage, everything was passed down orally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we want to use this opportunity to highlight our folks, our wordsmiths, yes. doing big things. Yes, for National Poetry Month. So I had the privilege of highlighting an ICU for someone that, um, you know, um, I met last year. Uh, they came and were a part of our efforts in uh, Washington around um, our Aspire Summit. So they performed there and they ran workshops with students and it was really impactful. So um, today we're highlighting Will Giles. Uh, Will Nu'utupu Giles is a Samoan American poet and educator from Hawaii. He is a Kudaman Poetry Fellow who navigates post-colonial oppression, toxic masculinity, mental health, and identity through his work in which has appeared on HBO, NBC News, and Lit Hub. Will has performed and facilitated poetry workshops in New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Guahan, England, and across the United States. He is a National Poetry Slam finalist, a Brave New Voices International Poetry Slam champion, and the 2015 National Underground Poetry Slam champion. Super dope. So, Mr. Will Giles, who will be back in Washington to perform again at our college, I see you. Nice. A little while after that, my father sat me down and explained to me that my grandfather and great-grandfather died of alcoholism, and I began to understand why I have always had an attraction to bodies of water who wanted to destroy me. Began to understand why the spirits of liquor always felt like friendly ghosts, why each shot felt like a family reunion, and why my fingers can still feel the whispers of a Ouija board in every bottle. I am a walking shard of sea glass with a past on this rock. Worn down by time and tide, I am completely see-through in the right light. Growing up on an island, I can only imagine the men in my family learned the best way to overcome a fear of the ocean is to become one. It is impossible to drown in yourself, so I still find myself drinking for days, attempting to make a life raft from hollow bottles, recycled fears, and empty promises. These shaking hands always feel like they are treading water. But the first time I learned to love and fear in the same breath, I was at Sandy Beach also known as Breakneck Beach for the highest rates of broken necks and backs in the country. When the lifeguards warned me about the potentially fatal undertow, I asked them if they've ever been in love, ever learned how to hold your breath like your life depended on it. See, some of us collect bruises from surfing shore break like Boy Scout merit badges proudly worn across our chests. Some of us confuse the sensation of being waterboarded by a wave with a passionate kiss. Some of us want to stay underwater until our bodies are considered sunken treasure, something people will search for. It is always hurricane season in Hawaii, every day. So swimming isn't always a choice you get to make. Sometimes the ocean's in your blood. Sometimes the ocean comes for you. So sometimes when people ask me about my weekend, I use going for a swim as a euphemism for binge drinking alone. I figure it isn't a lie. Whenever I am trying to become an ocean, I am underwater. I am spearfishing for reasons to swim towards the sun. But these days, my throat is a wishing well I've fallen into. Even now, Miles away from shore and moments away from drink, I can still feel the ocean roaring in my blood, calling me home. Sister Ruth, make sure that everybody
All right. Welcome to Tea Time, y'all. It is Tea Time. I am taking over for the, <laughs> the takeover. Chop it up section. It's the Hell takeover. No. The, the tea takeover. time takeover. Yes. Tea time. Chop it up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're gonna talk about this topic that I've heard on a few episodes. Mm. So I was like, usually in reference to Kiana. Kiana said this. Kiana said this. <laughs> Kiana said this. <laughs> I remember when Kiana. <laughs> I was like, dang, Kiana, she do be a whole lot. Tell her to be quiet. <laughs> Tell her stop it. But what, but I think it's a very important thing that I want to delve into, and it's the topic of someone ish. Mm. Because the first time mm. I ever heard someone ish was from y'all. I've, I've never heard it before. I mean, it's because it's not a. You know, it's not, the, the, it's not a part of the lexicon yet. It can right. be, <laughs> right. or maybe it cannot be. We'll see after this episode mm. what it's gonna be like. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, maybe we should give some context as That's to what, what we going right into. Yeah, that, oh, okay. because it's your term, so you define it on your terms. So, um, G Boy and Bex. Yes. Tell me more about this Samoanish. What so, it mean? So I believe Bex and I were talking about how you know there's different levels of Samoanish that we all display because of, Mm -hmm. you know, circumstance and experience, right? A lot of us were raised um, rooted in our culture through language um, and just different traditions. Some of us, not so much. Right. And so there's a, there's a, there's different levels to how we all uh, live or express or display our Samoanness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Bex and I have had, you know, multiple conversations just about like how, you know, we, we grew up in the church and in Samoan church. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we have uh, access to language. You know, maybe um, like, you know, some families spoke Samoan, yeah. but, but we all didn't speak it. So right. like the understanding of everything is not necessarily all there or we don't speak it ourselves. Right. And all these just different levels, right, of Samoanness where it feels like we are Samoan-ish. Right. Yeah. Yeah, everything Danny Boy said. You know, I felt like my version of Samoan is just, um, from my experience, is like I have the culture, mm-hmm. but I don't have the language. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Man, I feel like you have to have both to be the Samoan without the ish, you know? Mm-hmm. But because I lack the language, like, I feel like D Boy definitely dominates me in language. But yeah, I mean, and but it's I still used, limited. But I used to I used to have the language. Mm. Somewhere down the line it was lost because, you know, my parents they taught us that English was the way to move forward. Right, right. So it's like that's Which is many of us, right? Yeah. right? yeah. Especially those of us who live in the diaspora. Right. That we're given language so that we can succeed in these educational spaces. And that right. that is the quote unquote official language of the country, right? Right. But and I think too that it's important to highlight um what you define as Samoan because you were saying, well, Samoan is the culture and the language. Right. Is that how you see it too? Samoan. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people, like maybe the standard, the standard definition, you know, how folks see to be Samoan is like, you know, one, you believe in God, you go right. to church. Mm-hmm. Spirituality. Spirituality. Yeah. Two is family. Yeah. yeah. You know, three is culture. And it's like all those things you have to have to be Samoan, right? And so exactly. What about mm-hmm. folks who weren't raised in the church? Mm-hmm. What about folks who or who left the church? Who left the church? What about folks who didn't, you know, have Samoan speaking parents, right? Right, or or um, access to language mm-hmm. in that way? Because yeah. you know, um, or even if they don't appear to look like what a typical Samoan looks like, right? Right. Somebody How was do... talking to me in Spanish, and then another lady was talking to me in Tagalog, and I'm. Like, <laughs> 
But I mean, oh, Tulema Mulamati, I mean, even to think about my, you know, my my mom's side of the family and just how like there's a lot of uh, Balangi blood, right? Mm-hmm. And even on my, um, even on her father's side, right. there's a lot of Balangi blood um, to where folks, you know, look nothing like what your typical Samoan is. Yet they do have the blood and the genie, the genealogy to prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, they not they have not been accepted because they don't appear know, Samoan. Appear which Samoan. Is, and, and so you know, so so I hear that Samoanness is a look. Uh, mm. It's a certain look. It's a it's a certain language um, and the ability to facilitate yourself and navigate the cultural nuances of mm. Samoan heritage. Right? Mm. Yes, is is that a correct? gathering of what you qualify as being someone and then when you're further from that that makes you ish i feel i feel, I feel yes it. because 100 did i encompass it did i have yes. it? you did encompass it because even the tea, the thing about to the, the um <laughs> i'm sorry I, I always forget how to say his name the Oi. the one you read the quote there you go even i can't recite that name I mean, even to think about, like, you know, when when he talked about his Tofi, right? Like, mm. his inheritance. It made me, like, even just thinking about inheritance, right? It made me think about, like, sometimes we inherit, like, um, generational trauma, mm-hmm. right? And the trauma is, could be of, like, this, this loss every generation of culture and language and heritage yeah. right and this idea to assimilate right. uh to think that like white is right right yeah. and like we've got to move towards the the white culture the yeah. western culture because we're, we won't be able to get ahead yeah. if we just stay within our own yeah culture yeah. So. and i mean you know to that point uh it was actually the part of the keynote that was at um so uh, i was at the asian pacific american and higher ed conference earlier um, this week, and that's why I'm back here in the Bay Area because it was in Oakland. Um, and the opening keynote, he talked about that actually. That mm. um, mm-hmm. if you can have generational trauma, mm-hmm. then there also, and if trauma can be passed down to you, so can wisdom. So he flipped the yeah, script on absolutely. talking about you know, um, there's generational trauma, but also tied to that is generational wisdom, right? Word. And those are the things that I want us to draw on because I think a lot of times we disqualify ourselves from the Samoan identity because right. uh, we are a part of the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that conversation is had, there's there's never nuance to it, right? Right. It, it kind of just stops at that. Um, and you know, as a tea person, <laughs> I like being critical. So tea, I want to, you know, pour the tea. tea. As I pour that tea, man. Like, let's explore this because you know, uh, you you almost take an ownership over that, um, Bex. When you're saying, "Well, I don't have the language," but who taught Bex how to speak language? Did mm. Bex teach Bex how to speak language? Where was Bex born? Okay. <laughs> what do they speak here on these stolen lands? I know. English. They speak the native language mm-hmm. of England, the indigenous <laughs> language of England. Right. So when in <laughs> colonial lands you do as the colonized do, and we speak the, the native language. Right. Or, mm-hmm. Not the native. The We speak the language of the area because that's how you have to communicate. And right. I think that on very many occasions we don't own the fact that the influences that that remove us from this traditional Samoan identity we're so used to mm-hmm. are not decisions of our own. Like, speaking English was not an, a decision of your own. Right. Word. It was not a decision of my own to speak it first either. Mm-hmm. Um, or not having, um, I would say, heritage instead of culture. Not not having parts yeah. of the Samoan heritage, right? Mm. In terms of, like, you know, how do you lay out a whole follow-up? Mm. I was along, you know, 
articulated through. I don't right, know, I don't right, know all right. of those myself. But is it because I choose not to know them, or is it because I'm a part of the diaspora where we no longer have the village here that practices right. these on a regular basis? And when you we don't have um, spaces to practice customs, mm-hmm. then you lose the essence of those customs. Right. That's but facts. here you're you're owning that. I don't have that. But is it is that at any fault of your own? Right? Mm. Um, or is looking non-Samoan any fault of your own? Right? Because mm. people do that to me all the time. Mm. Of like, oh, I didn't know you're Samoan, that you're Filipino or something like that. Mm. I'm like, Damn. okay. And <laughs> I mean, you know, and and I mean, not that many people don't try to challenge me because I think a lot of times I'll be very forward in how I talk about it. Yeah. But but I mean, when I was younger, they would say, oh, because you don't look this way, then you're not this, this, that, and the other. I'm like, uh, but all these fails that I had to do and all these alcohol practices, right. otherwise, bruh. So you know, the again, like all of these things, I think that they can be challenged. But we have a lot of folks out there because they feel like I don't have the language, I don't have you know the experience of the the. Um, customs and I don't look someone because I'm Afghasi. I'm like, did you make a choice to be Afghasi? You know, like <laughs> was that your choice to, you know, look the way that you look? No. Right. So at what point do we start to trouble this idea of what is it to be Samoan, especially now that we have more people living off island than on island. Right. And that's not just a Samoan conversation. That's the same thing like, you know, in different ways that's happening in Hawaii and Tonga and in all parts of the Pacific where there's an exodus off of the islands, they relocate. Folks never ch- are, are not planning to come back to the island. And because of that, they consider themselves less of the only identity that they really even know. Man. I mean, that's the diaspora, right? Right. The diaspora, the diaspora. Is, to, is, to, is to be removed uh, from your homelands, mm-hmm. right? And right. having to resettle, uh, retransplant, or transplant into another land, mm-hmm. you you sort of um, separated from right. where your where your uh, your roots are, right? Right, and you're rerooting and so you're rerooting on another land, like that's what it is to exist in the diaspora, yeah. right? Because I know we're talking about how we uh, how we exist in it, and just to be clear that the diaspora means that we're in different. Um, we're on different lands other than our homeland, right, our motherland. Right, yeah. yeah. And the fact that, like, even even being Samoan, right, and yeah. being raised in the diaspora, going back home, or even to j- just be here, you know, our our Samoan identity is questioned. Yeah. And it is, um, it, so to some people, it doesn't qualify because it doesn't meet their standard standards and expectations of what they view as a Samoan, or it hasn't been true to their Samoan experience. Right. Yeah. And so when it's um, unqualified like that, it it does bring about this sort of like uh, devaluement of how Samoan, mm-hmm. you know, I I am as an individual. Right. Yeah. And and, and that could be ring ring true for a lot of folks you know, in the in the community who might be Afagasi or who might be Samoan and not be so connected. Absolutely. Right. And I think even with, like, and I'm speaking from uh, family, my personal family experience, it's like the minute I feel like I'm getting more acquainted and, like, where I feel like I'm becoming more established in my identity as Samoan, mm-hmm. like, I come across a, an uncle or yeah. an auntie, or an elder right. that will remind me that I'm nowhere near Samoan mm. because yeah. of like how my how I carry myself yeah. and me speaking pretty much English every time I come. You know, like right. because I mean I'm coming to them not to speak English, yeah. but to sit and soak and hear yeah. the language so I can eventually pick it up. 
Yeah, that, but it's shame. A, uh, well, yeah, shame, shame, right? And that's a great question that we need to ask ourselves and challenge ourselves: is who gets to qualify ourselves as Samoan? Mm. So, do, does both of my parents, both being Samoan, do I not have birthright to decide mm. if I am Samoan or not? So, when I was trying to separate out heritage and and um, culture, it's because I was telling D-Boy this: like, you know, heritage is the passing down of an inheritance, right? It's a right. passing down of traditions. It's a practice. It's a passing down of customs. So your falablab is that's that's a part of the Samoan heritage, you know. Right. Um, but culture is the way that we um, we're socialized to live, and it changes with time. Like mm. you know, the the Samoan culture of the 1900s and the 1800s, or prior to colonization, is not the Samoan culture of today. Mm-hmm. So you, they were not gotten these sewers with all these you know paellos and all this yeah. money being involved. Right. It's been a change of culture because unlike heritage that can kind of sometimes seem like it exists within a vacuum, culture can be ever dynamic. Mm-hmm. Culture can always change, and culture right now has to change if it wants to survive right Right. so you have these two different parts of it where people want to hold on to these traditions and they fear that um when we're trying to talk about change that we're going to kill the you know the heritage i'm like have you you been back to samoa lately no it's it's quite all right it like you know samoan heritage is you know thriving in samoa Uh, but samoan culture for us especially those of us that live out here mm-hmm. there's never an entry point i feel like for us to talk about like i'm straight up samoan there is no other like identity that i know right. um without somebody you know kicking back on us right the and it's usually our elders right like um well because you don't speak samoan you're not samoan because you don't go salute your ear and go do these for elves you're not samoan um and when we detach ourselves from that it's not because we're resisting the culture all the time right. sometimes it's just like you know it's a part of the culture that we're raising out here that it doesn't come streamlined in the way that you might have seen it happen in the islands but there's never a nuance to that conversation mm. there's there's never like kind of grace in that conversation my fear too is that if we don't give grace and space for us to create culture then we lose it all together I'm like now there ain't no Samoan identity period because right. we shamed everybody out of thinking that they can create something new um, that you know Culture was at some point created by people. Yeah. Culture is a, is a is a man-made, human-made creation. So if they can create it back then and there, at what point do we get to enter in and say, I want to create a, a little bit of a different culture? Right. Nipsey was doing that. That's a part of, like, Marathon is changing the culture of the area that he grew up in. Right. That we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs, we can take what, uh, we can take our wealth and reinvest it back into our communities. Yeah. This can be something, when I show you how to do these young people, you guys can do the same things too. Yeah. So at what point do we own for ourselves that we can change culture? That culture w- looked a certain way when it was in the islands, but it's not what's going to be sustainable out here anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we do not have our villages right. um, in the same ways we had them. Uh, we do not have to worry about the, you know, nine to five workday in Samoa, like you have to worry about it here. Or, you know, increasing rent prices and making sure you're paying every single bill. You have communal land back at home. Yeah. Right? You don't have that up in here. You don't pay that bill, you out. Right. You yeah. get to live on the streets. But those are things that you don't have to struggle. So I feel like, in many ways, it's a false comparison right. of saying, well, I don't look like this type of Samoan. But that type yeah. of Samoan and the way that it's described is somebody that was that had certain types of experiences, shared experiences on an island that we're not privy to any longer. Right. Mm. So at what point do we own, especially because there's so many of us that live out here, the culture that we can create, you know, mm-hmm. for those of us that live out here and not say that this is a ish, this is not a Samoan ish, but this is, um, this is creating 
the Samoan American or whatever you want to name it, you know, like how Chicanos have to create like the Chicano culture, yeah. um, that this is a identity that we're creating out here because it's more contextual. Right. To where we're at. Yeah. I like, I, and I feel that, you know, and I, and I feel like I have to hold that up um, and also hold up the, the other, I feel like just because the other side those experiences are so real of mm-hmm. of being products of shame, right? Uh-huh. Whether it's from our family or even just from the community, yeah, right? And right. even thinking about like how when I was younger, when I went to Samoa, we spent like a good month and a half there, right? And mm-hmm. just being able to like help out um, my uncle mm-hmm. at the uh, at the gas station, right? Like we were helping over there one day because they also served ice cream. Yeah. And um, some cats came in and they was chopping it up and, you know, talking in Samoan. But, like, I responded in English. And so mm-hmm. then one of the dudes turns to my cousin and was like, and, and I've never been called Balangi before. Yeah. And that really mm-hmm. hurt my feelings because yeah. I was like, oh, wait, hold up. I'm not Balangi. Like, I don't. Yeah. You know, that's. But I, I just felt so offended mm-hmm. by it. And it's like, dang, that's how it feels to be, you know, like kind of I guess I, and uh, yeah, ostracized. Yeah, uh, like that's why this I, I, ideology or like this identity of Samoan ish is like it. You won't. I will never be enough because mm. I don't have the the language, like you the said, language, Bex, right? Yeah. Or the same set of experiences. Well, and when you say the language, my thing about that is like y'all got immigrants who come here all the time and they learn English, and you know, at the age of 12, 13, 14, 18 you know, 30. Mm-hmm. So if they can learn the language, what's to say that, you know, you can't learn you the can't, language as well. Right. Right. You know? yeah. It's it's like like it's language difficult. is not this evasive thing. It, it is difficult. It's a lot more difficult. You know, there's a lot less resources in learning someone than there is about learning English. Yeah. Um so it can feel evasive, well, but it but it's not to say that it's impossible to happen. It's not gonna true. sound the same way as you know, or a native speaker the same of it. Way. Yeah. Right. Or be taught the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still acquire language, right? right? And then also that I mean it comes back to the shaming piece because I feel like we do ourselves so much disservice. Like it's all of our conversations when we say we we kind of feel like like we deviate from the Samoan identity is because at some point we've been shamed. Like me too. Yeah. Like you know me too. And I'm like as spicy as I am. Y'all still gonna yeah. shame me? You know I'm gonna clap back. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, but it's a, to to me like that's also a part of like um, Samoan culture. Right. It's like the shaming thing of mm-hmm. if you don't do something right, mm-hmm. you immediately jump in. You know, read somebody you right. know, for filth for filth right. because they didn't do filth. something. I'm like, well, I mean, if you if they messed up in a falalave, you know, or or like a uh, like at a family function, correct them in a way that they want to embrace it. But when we shame people out of it, they're never going to want to do it again. Ever. Right? Yeah. They yeah th- they, they and and throw the it same away. thing goes with Samoan language. Like when, when we shame the use of how you pronounce words in Samoan, you never want to use it again. I've right. heard that right. so oh many times gosh, of facts, people not bro. wanting to do it. I'm like, look, if I can sit here and listen to people with accented English, y'all should be able to sit here and listen to me with my accent to that Samoan <laughs> as I'm trying to come back to my indigenous roots. Right. Make room for me. Okay. <laughs> Help me out. Help, brother out. Help me but out. Let's, I just want to kind of go back to the language part because mm. I, know, I, f- I feel like I'm more of like the old-fashioned way of, underst- of learning language. You yeah. know, it's about sitting with the elders or sitting among sure. just a space where people are speaking it fluently, mm-hmm. you know, versus like... Now we have like this generation that just goes to the, 
you know, Google and say, you know, go look up, you know, their village or look, you know, just contests or whatever they live in Samoa or words in Samoa, you know, like they have dictionaries now where they can actually pick up some of the language. But it's like, that's like not, um, it's not an effective way to learn the language and it's not appealing. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of people are just like, okay, I'll learn. They're interactive. Yeah, there's still no connection with the millennials of Mm -hmm. wanting to learn the language. Yeah. And I feel like, what would it, what would would it be called like an oratorical practice where they go and just back to just sitting with yeah. elders and language just, immersion? Yeah, just, yeah. When there has to be so when I'm saying like changing culture, like there has to be a place where when you see that language immersion works, people will start to adapt it. So for instance, when you look at places like Hawaii and in Aotearoa, who we're on the brink of losing their languages, and then language immersion schools brought it back, mm. um, brought back life to it. That was because they had to change around the culture because they were so heavily impacted by colonialism mm-hmm. that they had to create responses to it. Right. We're not creating it. those responses at a at a fast enough rate right now in yeah. in the states. Like there are some language immersion programs, but until we adapt it into this culture of um, this language isn't being used by the Samoan born Amer- or American born Samoans or you know kids who left the islands long time ago if we don't do anything to respond to it the language is going to forever be gone right? mm. um, it takes three generations to lose a language mm-hmm. so you know you have your native speaking um, folks if they come out here they don't teach you how to speak someone or um, they allow you to respond in English very likely when you have kids you're not going to speak to them in someone because your native language is English, English. and I've watched over and over again um, you know our gran- yeah you know our grandparents our parents generations <laughs> who are you know my our kids' grandparents think that the language can be learned like that. Like, um, I remember when my dad wanted us to start speaking Samoan. Like, we're, you know, we grew up speaking Samoan in English, and then he wanted us to only speak Samoan when we were like teenagers. And I'm like, Dad, it doesn't work that way. If we haven't been utilizing it, then, you know, my words are gonna be all messed up, and then mm. you're gonna get mad, and you're gonna stop me from mispronouncing things. Um, because there hasn't been consistent teaching of how do you properly structure, you know, language. How do you add the proper syntax? There's there's never been any of that, and that's how we in the states learn language mm-hmm. through repetition, through being mm-hmm. around it, through consuming media, um, where we have n- very few to, uh, very few resources to be able to do that. So, like, there's not even a culture of how do you learn Samoan language again. Um, if you're stateside born, like yeah. there are efforts out there, but it hasn't been adapted into the culture. Right, right. So I say right. Samoanish, like I push back on that all the time because I'm like, well, then that means that there's no moving point of like mm. we cannot move from this place if we're owning that we're ish because we don't have language. Well, like, well, can we be Samoans that just relearn the language? Okay, like you know, create spaces <laughs> to to reteach language, and people are doing that. Like, I don't want to dismiss that. Uh, that's something not being done. But like, um, I was at the Samoan Language Symposium uh, last year. Oh. Shout out to Jake and folks in Utah. Um, where, man, I didn't even know some of the Balangi spoke Samoan, and then I would hear them rattling it off. I was like, oh, snaps, Billy! Uh-huh. I thought she was white, but she right. was like a missionary. But, you know, their Samoan is great because Especially they're preparing. The, L- the LDS yeah. missionaries, LDS. like, they, they go, they're stationed there, yeah. they, yeah, they live yeah. and people. live in the exactly. language. So if I'm Balangi so people can them. do that, why do we think that that can't be something that we can do ourselves? You know, it's That's already facts. actually being done. And it's not like, you know, broken ass Samoan. There's Samoan, like the, the, the cadence of the pronunciation. It's all on point. So right. there's actually people doing it here in the same country. But we as Samoans ourselves think, oh, no, it's just like it's going away. It's going, going, gone. But I feel like so at that point, right, that mm-hmm. means that we need 
we need the tools to mm-hmm. be able to a- address those things, true right? That, because the shame will still exist, right? True that. Um, but we need we need folks to create these um, create these spaces that we can learn language in a way where we're not shamed, right? Mm-hmm. Or or that we know how to handle and navigate the shame, mm-hmm. um, because that can you know that can really damage and deter yeah. the the drive to wanna relearn the language because mm-hmm. of just how we're made to feel or the, the traumatic experiences that have come with it. Yeah. So I feel like we need those tools to be able to to be okay with like uh going on that marathon, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Of learning the language because it ain't gonna be easy. Right. I know. And you but can we, stop and take a break. You can stop and take you... a break, but we're gonna do it. We can do it. We can mm-hmm. see we can see it through to the end to be able to re reclaim yeah, our language. Absolutely. Right. Um, can, but, but it's the tools, right? Yeah, yeah. We need those tools. Um, and what does that look like? Can culture, heritage, mm. and language, like, can one live without the other? Like, say, if, if someone's just fully cultured and that was enough for them, they didn't mm-hmm. know the language, they didn't want to know the language, but they knew enough culture for them to live off and they were content with that. Mm-hmm. Would that be a good is that like a proper Samoan-ish or even, I mean, some, I know. Actually I mean, I feel like we're examples of that. I mean, like, like I feel like my, my experience is, isn't too far removed from the both of y'all. It's like I was born in Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, moved around with the military upbringing. But the one consistency we had is we would always be back in Samoa like every other year um, for my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we had exposure and we had the language immersion parts where, you know, can pick these up and the uh, all of my extended family outside of some of the family I have out here in the Bay, everybody else was raised back home. So we have that access. Mm. But, I mean, to me, when I look at myself, I'm like, I'm not giving this identity up. Uh, like, you know, like right. I, I I didn't choose to come to this country. Right. Like, this was the redoing of economic systems in Samoa where we no longer saw that we had enough in and of Samoa and we left and, and participated in the diaspora for that. So uh, I was moved out here for opportunities. I'm going to take those opportunities and I'm still coming back here and I'm still ain't nobody gonna cut my ties back to this country because this is this is where my entire ancestry is from I'm like you know uh, I was laughing Um, somebody was telling me about taking their um, 23andMe and they were hoping that they had um, you know that they had some sort of exotic culture or like you know (laughs) non-European culture and he was like and then I was um I was all 100% from Norway. <laughs> I was like, bro, sorry. <laughs> you know what's cool is that I don't got to pay nothing because uh, we've been talking off this whole time. Mm-hmm. So I know where my lines are, you right. know, and I know where my heritage is at. I know right. where my bloodlines are. I know, you know, four generations back. I could tell you who my great-grandmothers were, my great-great-grandmothers. See, I, need to do I that. know the land that it relates to. And, and you that can you even can go do 17, that. 20 can, generations. Yeah, I will. Okay, I'll go all the way back to Tangaloa. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of Manua. <laughs> <laughs> but you did that on your own, right? No, I didn't no? do that on my own. Those are things that my families gave to us. Wow. So, you know, like, um, they... they because you know they're in Samoa, so they practice those things, and then they, and then I ask for them, and they give it to me. And mm-hmm. I think we are so ashamed to ask for things because we think that we have to be in. A, you have to ask for it in a certain way. Like now, I just ask my dad, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me. You know, you know right. what are like who's. Um, what's our Olosanga side versus our Fikuka side? What side is this name from and that name from? And then I start to pick it up. And then it also does take being around your village, being mm-hmm. around your family. Um, there's not always times where I sit down with people. I just sit and I listen. And if I don't understand people, I know like because we have Vaughn relationship, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to say, wait, okay, I got most of what he said. I missed this part. I didn't understand it in context. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have family because they see what I'm doing. They see what I'm trying to do. They will lovingly give that to me. 
Right. Um, and I think because we have such a culture of shame around asking questions, a lot of people don't want to ask those questions. And I also I want to take this opportunity to say, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Ask all oh, the questions. Yep. Ask yep. all the questions. Um, and two, if you're an educator or if you're in influential spaces, teach people how to ask questions. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I love working with young people is when I get into a classroom with them, we run workshops with them, oftentimes they won't ask any questions. So I figure out, like, how do I engage? How do I make you comfortable with this this space? And then whenever somebody responds, I affirm their response. And I, I try to offer them, like, um, I try to empower them to respond and build up their confidence because I'm having to undo things that we've learned within our household, which is that you're not supposed to speak. It's authoritative. I tell you what to do. You shut your mouth. And I'm like, nah, I've never been that way. That's why I always got slapped growing up because <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Explain to me, mom, why is it that I have to I have to listen to this elder yell at me and embarrass me and humiliate me when I already know why, what I did wrong? Mm-hmm. The only thing is they want to yell at me and embarrass me because they feel like they have that right to do that, and I'm not going to listen to them. So, you know, I got in trouble one time because this elder in church was trying to yell at me and she kept calling my name and I didn't answer because I know that she was trying to yell at me and I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and be humiliated. So I ignored her. <laughs> I'm Gina. I'm like, my, my mom right. was about to slap the shit out of me. She yeah. was like, I, um, and my mom was like, why didn't you answer her? I was like, mom, you've watched this person humiliate kids over and over and over again in church. I was like 12 or 13 or something. I'm like, that's what she does. That's what they do. Mm. I'm not going to give her the power to humiliate me. I, I should not have to uh, like offer myself up and sacrifice myself to be humiliated because she can't deal with her anger issues. Okay. She keep it to herself. That's why we in church. Pray about it, sis. Uh. I ain't answering you. Nah. <laughs> Take it to <laughs> nah. the altar. You ain't going to shame me. But you know, like, I, but I still got in trouble <laughs> because my mom was like, it doesn't matter, Kiana. That right. is an elder. They're talking to you. You have to respond. And I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I just didn't agree. And, mm-hmm. and I still don't. I'm never going to give myself over to somebody just to humiliate me. I'm like, I'm Come not going to willingly now. do that. So these certain things where we say, oh, you have to respond because they're an elder. Well, if you know what they're going to do to them, who's going to come to protect us, right? Yeah. Who's who's ever going to be there to protect me? I'm like, you know, if, if I'm being told, you know, give give this space up to the, that person so they can humiliate me. When do I ever learn then how to be confident, right? When do I that ever part. learn? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, those are the makings of spicy as Keanu was. On <laughs> Etsy and church, you know, as a kid. But I would always get in trouble because if I didn't understand why we were trying to, why we were doing things, I would ask all the questions. And my parents weren't used to it because yeah. they were like, you're supposed to just shut up. <laughs> but but, the, shut but, up I, but I appreciate, right, I appreciate that even after they were done being angry, they would still give me the grace to be like, let me explain to you. Yeah. You can't just be coming out here ignoring elderly people. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, let me, I'm not going to explain nothing to you because you're going to slap me. But let me highly recommend that you talk to your elders <laughs> about not humiliating children because we're children. Peers. Talk to your peers because we're children and we need to understand how to be in a space and right. we can't learn if you're shaming us. Yeah. So I've just... I'm so against like the the shaming element of learning, which is why I love being in learning spaces because you help cultivate that. Like you yeah. you can influence yeah. kids to, to show like you know we can retransform a classroom and we can teach differently, right? Uh, we can we can affirm our kids in a different way. And we had this great conversation at Apahe with some of the gals. Mm-hmm. They were trying to talk to students about um, 
about the college that they attended and they're saying, you know, the students were super disengaged and they didn't realize like what we're saying is important. And I was like, you're right, sis, like what you're saying is very important. Maybe we look at reformatting, you know, the approach. Maybe yeah. you do some icebreakers with them. Maybe you, you clown with them for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have everybody introduced. Maybe you sit in a circle instead of, you know, in rows. Um, maybe you give them space to ask the questions that they wanted to ask first. And, yeah. you know, sometimes just let them be high school students because they never right. get a place where they're the center of the conversation mm -hmm. and they're always being talked at. So it was a hella bridge conversation. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if we can influence people to do that, and, and change things differently, then we can change culture, right? Yeah. Um, so. And just a quick say, note yeah. that um, one of the one of the ladies that was a part of the conversation that we mm -hmm. were having at that roundtable. fresh. I love them. Shared with me that they felt like they got so much more from us having that roundtable discussion than they did from the conference. <laughs> no shit. No shade, no shade to the conference, <laughs> no shade, right? No but shade. it's like, we just gems. was it just open discussion? <laughs> it was just open discussion. So yeah, we were just, just talking about like you know our work and and, mm -hmm. and like um, I had I think the reason why we were having that conversation was because I had posed a question of like, do y'all ever feel like just saying fuck it? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Fuck this community work. Fuck working with these kids. He, 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 you know, he's on his burnt out. Because so like, <laughs> I'm getting too and close bro, to the burnt out. You know, you're speaking you know, from a burnt out place. And it, and it just feels that way, you know. And, right. and I don't mean it like that. I just yeah, want to yeah, be able yeah. to talk about where I'm at. But also mm -hmm. uh, intake where people are at uh, mm -hmm. in relation to, where, you know, where I am so that yeah. we can process it. We can talk about it and have these real ass conversations yeah. and then get to a Jot point of like where... Okay, I'm back in the race, right? I'm back. Yeah. The marathon continues. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I have these moments where I need to just sit down and take a break. I need to refill my cup. I need mm -hmm. to recharge. And so just just taking that, um, just taking a poll, you know, taking yeah. a survey of how other folks are. And so we got into that rich conversation. All that to say, they said that they really appreciated our conversation. Aww. That's dope. Good. Um, and want us to do workshops yeah, <laughs> at the yeah. next one. So I mean, you know, don't wait till a workshop, though. I'm like, hey. And that's why, you know, platforms like this are important because you put out these conversations right. and people can tap in and listen to that and gain more language, right. gain ways to be critical. And like I tell people, I'm like, you know, just because I'm critical don't mean that you can't be, like, even more critical oh, against me. Critical like, too. let's go. Let's play tennis. Come on. Let's go <laughs> back and forth and back and forth and really exercise our ability to be critical about the things that we experience. Because yeah. if we're not, then we're going to continue to get handed things and we don't like the way it is. Like, we don't like that we can't speak Samoan and look this way and that way. Mm -hmm. And then we just think that that's a plot that we're given. We're not, right. Whereas I'm saying, I mean, it's like this because of colonization, first of all. Right. So let's, <laughs> let's acknowledge the entire history. Let's let's acknowledge the roots of the, of the matter. Um, let's pull on the fact that even though my experiences might not be how y'all's was, it don't stop the genetic wisdom, right. um, mm. generational right. wisdom that mm. comes down from, you know, my ancestry. And, and you know, y'all's got your ancestry, too. So mm -hmm. why why is what I'm saying invalid simply because I was born outside of the islands or right. because I was offered a language, I was forced to fed a language that is not my own. Yeah. It doesn't stop the genealogical connection, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, our outward expressions, right? right. Like, like we have the, the Ngafa, we have the genealogy to prove, or not even prove, but to link us back. Yeah. Right. right. And like it shouldn't have to be where my outward expressions show you that I'm Samoan yeah. enough, right? I'm just Samoan. I'm this version right. of being Samoan, and you're your version. And here's the thing, too, is, like, you know, everybody talks about, like, this identity, or, like, we 
great navigators, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is, I mean, I'm not saying blah, blah, blah. It's the value. <laughs> we are, you know, it's the genius work. But we can't always think that we were navigators and that when the people left the islands, they always came back. Some people left the islands and they never came back and right. they resettled. You know, and there's right. you know anthropological evidence of that of folks being you know out in parts of South America, and you know different parts of the continent of North and South America. Mm. So if if we were doing that traditionally, if we were leaving the islands and resettling, are we not doing the same thing that we said that we have historically always done? Mm-hmm. The people who resettled. We don't take any. Uh, we don't take their identity away from them as navigators. Right. Like the identity has ever has always ever expanded past the the break of the shores. It's always gone beyond the ocean shores to another island or to another settlement. Right. And if they can still own their identities, then and we believe that you know those are part of our ancestry. Then why can't we do this now? Especially because the boats that we've taken off the island, we're almost forced to take. Mm-hmm. You know. So there's there's that element to it too that I feel like um, we don't acknowledge enough. Word. I, I feel the same because even thinking about how those of us who have, you know, settled in different lands and, and wanting to reclaim and mm-hmm. really identify ourselves mm-hmm. as Samoans yeah. or, or whatever whatever ethnicity you belong to, like wanting to claim that part of our identity, we do things to make sure that we are overtly uh, seen mm-hmm. as that identity, right? Yeah. And then something that I always think about is, you know, even just looking at my tattoos, mm. right? Mm. And thinking about how, like, these cultural markings link me to be Samoan, right? Like, it, it displays how Samoan I am. Right. Or or, or so I thought, right? And so mm-hmm. it, it was really that idea of, like, wanting to get these things so that I'm, so that it's, it's um, definite mm-hmm. or that people see that, yeah, I'm Samoan. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think about how like a lot of us do that. Right. A lot of us yeah. get these, these um, yeah. sleeves and, yeah. and, you know, and, and all these tattoo, these tattoos so that it can so that we can display our Samoanness, our mm-hmm. islanderness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a part of our culture. Right. Or that's a part of our heritage when it's like, you know, thinking about it now, maybe I didn't need to do those things, right? I just always was. Right. But I wanted to have these badges, these markings that show, like, I'm a part of that tribe mm-hmm. um, so that I can qualify myself. Yeah. Right. I don't know if that made sense, but I, it wanted, does, it I does. wanted to talk about, I you mean, know, because, like, a tattoo is like external, you know, representation of they, that yeah. this is where I'm from and that the motifs that you have, they have meaning for us, right? Mm-hmm. Especially as people who don't, who come from oral traditions where there is not... Uh, uh, the written word is not where our histories are stored. The written right. word is in um, in our stories, mm-hmm. and you know, and in within the language. So I, I get like you know the uh, the part where people are critical about the language is because there's a lot of money with what Samoan words mean. Right? Yeah. So I don't want to dismiss that, but I do want us to to just be practical in how we expect language to survive if we only ever expect it to sound just how how it does in the islands. Mm. It, it cannot be that way. And I think too, like on the other part, is that. When we own this part of identity, we know that there's some responsibility that come with it, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not saying, you know, um, 
whatever you want to do, fuck it. Everything that you do as a human being, all of that is not one. I was like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like there are ways that we can shift culture and, and do our homework to see, okay, this is where we were at historically and this is what our history has been for the past few years. Now, where do we need to go for the future? Right? Mm-hmm. And that's something we don't do enough is think about things in future terms. Um, mm. Somebody put it really well. I don't remember who wrote it, but they're saying when, they, when, um, when we walk into the future, um, we have our backs facing the future and we walk backward into... Um, into the future, keeping our eyes focused on our history. Um, and I thought that that was such a great way of painting um, why, you know, sometimes you feel detached because you feel like you can't see that historical piece as much anymore right. because of the ways that we've been educated. So are you even a part of that any longer? Um, but, I mean, there's give and take. Like, you might be somebody who's like, you can't see in the future as much anymore because of many different reasons. You can still learn it. And then reimagine, like, what does the future look like for us? Right, And not right. just be like, okay, well, I guess I'm not this as much anymore. But, mm. you know, create, like, what is the future that we want us to have? What's the future? I mean, I'm always trying to be an ancestor before I'm an ancestor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, are we ancestors I, in training? I feel ancestors like in training. culturally or heritagely, like mm-hmm. how you kind of put it, it, the culture has been alive, been kept alive through tattoos you know mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like that type of symbolism on their bodies is their representation of culture and mm-hmm. that's what <clears throat> is that I feel like that's what's enough for them you know mm-hmm. they like furthering language furthering um, understanding like the values and you know the customs that come with that mm-hmm. it kind of stops from there it's like right. it's just wearing an ear around your neck and a tattoo a sleeve and it's like you're certified to yeah. one and that's it you know yeah. That's what it's become out here, and yeah. it's like we miss the whole like. And this is just me, and I don't know if this is like something that you both can attest to, but I feel like our culture would not be able to. I feel like it's it would be what keeps it alive is the language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to Absolutely. me. Like, I mean, I I don't know how, what are your feelings on that to add that because I feel like. Without I, I the language, like, the, the whole culture is mm, gone. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, uh, I think the language is an extremely important piece. I think that, um, you know, without the language, the, the customs are not explained in the same way because there are mm. things that cannot be translated into the English or any other language because they're rooted um, in the islands. And you right. have to understand, like, you know, the epistemology of some of Samoan words that are immediate descriptors of Samoan culture. Right? Mm-hmm. So so definitely, I think the, the language plays uh, an important role about um, stewarding the heritage, stewarding the customs. Um, the cultural piece, I guess, my, my um, different entry point is, I feel the cultural piece can be shifted. I'm not saying to take those things away, but I'm saying maybe we expand. Maybe we build this fale very, a lot more bigger, you know, that mm. the fale'o is not enough, right? And that, you know, even the fale'o, you know, having all of these multiple poles and all of these entry points is a, a great um, illustration of what our identities are mm-hmm. now, that there are multiple entry points into this fale of Word. the identity oh, and wow, multiple poles yeah. that we sit at, right? Um, that there are some of the poles that you're, you know, straight up from the islands and then there's some of them that, well, I'm, you know, from the States or, um, you know, I'm from the Bay Area versus, you know, being in Hawaii. Right, like right. There, there's these multiple entry points and I feel like there's no... 
um, connecting dialogue to how we actually are connected, we talk so much more about how we're disconnected. Right. Um, the last time I was on here, we talked about Va, and, and it, for me, it's just, it, it's like this deeply philosophical thing to me that I own in whatever I'm doing is I want to see how things are connected. I do not want to look at how they're disconnected. I love that. Yeah. So there's, um, it's Poetry Month, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You about um, to drop a dime I'm on I'm just going to drop a real quick one. It's just a quote because, and the reason why I chose this topic to talk about is because it's something where I've thought through hella deeply for a very long time. Um, and when I first ever wrote um, poetry, the first one that I wrote was about being um, a part of the diaspora and the impact that that has on how I own my sense of self. Um, so it was wow. just um, some of the lines is, I'm an old soul once built upon traditions, trying to decode these glimpses of past lifetimes I'm no longer living, pursuing a future pre-me envisioned, an on-site collision of postmodern meets tradition, mm. born of first-generation displacement and wrapped in star-spangled banded encasement surrounded by this saltwater sea. With the high rising tide of our foreign born generations drowning in the infiltration of assimilation, I'm washed away of what once was me because this country tis of thee is not the imagery of past I see. See, we were once people of nobility, mm. centralized upon that move as one social mobility. Now dazed and fragmented, misalignment unprecedented, traditions being progressively augmented, we awkwardly move as one to the odd rhythms of waves that come crashing like off beat clapping. Mm. And it goes on, mm. <laughs> but but that was but that that core right there was like, it's a perfect packaging of what we're talking about right, right. now, right? right? That there's this deep connection that we all feel, and and it's you know and even in our in our ancestors knew that they would you know embed this into the you know along um more of the one that I love the most that you know the color bird leaves. Uh, but it always comes back to the water. Mm, Talking wow. about like no no matter where you go, someone's you still come back to this identity. Right. And so here we are trying I to come it. back to this identity, but saying, oh well, we're not qualified to drink from the water. And because I have this this deep connect commitment to seeing people connected, I'm like, no, we yes you are. You can come over here, sit by me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want this tea? Yes, so, girl. So, take a seat. Who wants it? It's not Kool-Aid, okay? You can drink this water. Drink this tea. No, sit right here, boy. You can sit right here, Bex. Anybody say anything, let's go. We can get it. Okay. And we can get it with these questions. Right. We can get it with these critiques because I've been, you know, waiting for this for a long time for us to really have this real ass conversation. Yeah. Um that we just have always disqualified ourselves from right. having because the difference of our experiences. And we just are no longer, I don't feel like we're, we can afford to do that any longer. Word. Mm. Word. We cannot afford to do that. And I, I think about, you know, what is the world I want my daughter to live in? Yeah. I don't mm. want nobody thinking that they could take that away from my daughter. So Come on. unless I affirm yeah. that it's it's within me, mm -hmm. if I start to give it away and be like, you know, eh, you know, I'm ish, then they definitely going to take that away from her. And, yeah. you know, she's, and she's, you know, she's now a second generation, you know, uh, American born Samoan. Um, so I have to be, I have to think in terms of the marathon. I got to think about, yeah. you know, when my baby girl is 26.2 yeah. years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, when she's 26.2 years ago, who going to be, who going to be, uh, Trying her, huh? Who gonna try her? Okay, because you, cause you her. you've empowered Cause, her, you've built yeah. her up to be mm -hmm. able to carry on that same, that same uh, belief and mm -hmm. that and that same heart for our identity. Yeah, her identity. Yes, right. As right. a Samoan, because so many people are out here trying to disqualify mm -hmm. us Talk for not it. holding these things mm -hmm. up, right? And so that that really that really speaks to me and and yes. empowers me that like. Yes. Try to fill your cup with tea. It, it's, up, it's up to us, right? <laughs> right? It is. It's up to us on how we ensure that these, that these, um, 
not tropes, but just mm. these markers of identity get carried out, mm-hmm. right? And, and and just thinking about like heritage uh, and culture, mm-hmm. right? And how we make sure that these are a part of the next generation's lives, so that it can continue to, you know, that that heartbeat can continue to pump mm-hmm. and beat on. Yeah, and it's for the culture, <laughs> not yes. exactly that, right? Mm. Is it is it not exactly that to say what we're doing is for the culture, right? Right. We're doing it to contribute. We're doing it as a contributory piece. Okay. So who are we to not qualify ourselves to say, uh, I don't like how this culture is right now. I'm going to do this resistance work. Come on. Um, resilience work Come for on. the culture. That's and right. And so, mm. you know, tea time be funny sometimes. But I was like, hey, but sometimes that tea be hella hot. <laughs> and <laughs> you it's cool real. down a little bit. Cool it down a little mm. bit and get ready to drink this. Because drink we have to give ourselves the, the space to be critical, the space yes, to, to be yes. resistant, yeah. Yeah. to check people on who want to shame us and be like, no, I'm quali- I have birthright to this. I'm not. I'm That's not it right there. Up. You're not taking that away from birthright. me. Birthright. Birthright. Right, yeah. right, right. I'm related to Tonga Law. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell my yeah. uncle, hold on, let us pray. I'm telling him right now. <laughs> what, are, what are like some <laughs> some advice that you would give to like just our listeners that are, you know, kind of, if they're, you know, if they can uh, yeah. just attest to any of this that we're saying, what's some advice that you would give them like as far as like it's, you know, the, you know, like the whole Samoan-ish conversation that we yeah. just had. Like what advice would you give them for those who are kind of struggling yeah, I mean, on your mental, you know, mm. like on your the the thing, the tattoos mean nothing if you don't know the the lineal ties back to you know the islands. So, uh, I'm such a resistant person against you know us just owning our culture in an ornamental fashion. Like Come on. Auntie mm. Halani said, you know, yeah. it has to be the core of our resistance. You right. know, that the culture cannot just be ornamental; it has to be the core of our resistance. So when I say resistance, I mean resist the resist assimilation. And yeah. look at um, if I pride myself on this identity in any way, shape, or form. What homework do I have to do to to be back in it? And then, um, how do you create community and connect to these conversations? Whether that be with you know for the cultures, um, you know, on all the social media platforms, or just you know people locally in your space. Like, come to a place where um, where you you own the fact that. You have birthright to these yeah. identities, I and said, nobody can take key. that from you. Right. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like there's there's a lot of media out there. Um, social media is good for that. Right. You know, that you can learn more about things. Um, and one of the things I think is is so beautiful. Like, um, we're prepping for the Salmon Arts and Academic Competition in Washington on May 11th. Um, and one of the elements of that is um, having high school students deliver longas. So last what? year when they did it, mm-hmm, man, when they do it, it's so real. So it's one of the, the mana is real. In there. Shoot, no, so last year, the Eddie different Boy and teams I gotta competing. Take a flight out there. You guys should, man. Um, so oh. this year we're honoring Lewea Lotto, who passed away as a result mm. of gun right. violence when mm. he was coming back to visit his family. Rest um, in power, young rest man. Rest in power. Um, I got to see him as a brilliant young man come up in high school, and. Um, is such a light to be lost. Um, so we do this to carry on his legacy. And I, I just, I love that last year, you know, when the students were delivering their laungas and how real it was. It was like looking back into 100 years and here mm. these, these you know, very Powerful. Americanized kids that they keep getting tagged for are spitting these laungas like, like they're 
ancestors. So there are elders who are crying in the audience because mm, how articulate and how much conviction the students brought it with. Um, and I think that that is always something we can always bring these things back. You know, um, when uh, when you ask these questions to our elders, eh, move beyond the break of the shame piece. Like, you know, right. stay, stick with it. You know, they, I think a lot of our elders, they actually do want to see it survive. They don't want to see you falter in it. So they will offer what they can. Right. But um, but ask questions. Like yeah. get used to yeah. ask good. questions. Yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah. I like and don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, huh? don't be afraid to ask questions. You can ask me questions too. I like <laughs> asking questions. <laughs> I think another thing, you know, because we talked a lot about shame, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully, what we can do is to build tough skin or figure out ways yes. in which we can mm-hmm. offer up grace to those who shame us. Because um, if we allow the shame to continue to scratch us up and mark us up mm-hmm. we're going to continue to stay distant from things exactly and maybe if we just build that grit and and the and the strength to move beyond that we'll be able to uh keep in on the marathon and, and mm-hmm. continue to learn because shame is huge yeah you know it's a shame it's a it's a huge way of how culture heritage yeah. all this all those things are taught and you know, it, it has its impact. And beat people into submission yeah. around them. Yeah. But but I really like how you shared how you've always just pushed back and you know, maybe you were it wasn't like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But you just figured ways of how to get up. Yeah. And keep moving and Absolutely, because there's a lot of things that I think folks would have shamed me for. And I'm you know, many times in my life I've been shamed. But because uh, I'd be spicy. I'd be capping back. <laughs> I'd cap back. And I was like, what? Spicy. Right. Don't you know, be like, afraid so, to clap back. Right? Don't be afraid to clap back. Like, you know, um, even when, like, you know, having my daughter and being, like, a, a double parent, <laughs> being, like, a single parent to her and just being, like, I'm going to do this on my own now. Motherfuckers messing around. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know? And, but there was, like, you know, even shame around that about people. Mm. And, like, look, I'm, I'm doing something that's resilient. I'm, I'm putting me and my child into a safe position to grow. I'm, I'm going to curate this. I don't give a fuck about this, like, two-parent household if it's going to be toxic. Right. I, that's, not the, that's not the space Come I want to have my kid brought up in. But there are younger women that don't have that language or they don't have the confidence to just say it straight up like that. So I implore you to own where you're at, to kick back on the shame that people right. try to tag you with because it's about, you know, it, at the core of it, it's about your humanity. To me, like, yes. if you shame me about something, um, I didn't position myself to be to, to do all of that. That wasn't a purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. And even if it was, it's my life, <laughs> you know? Right. But, um, but when we automatically... Um, tag them with shame and you don't know how to to resist that you know it's so weighing and and at the end of the day it comes back to the mental health of people so like i want to see a resilient community Mm. when i look 26.2 miles down the street i want to see a resilient community i want to see a community of empowered people Mm -hmm. i want to see a community that creates that that is creating whatever that looks like like you know you you might be creating something totally different for me so long as you're creating but i want to see people own the mantle that they're at and, and create from that point. I don't want to see people who are too afraid to be great, mm. um, who are too shamed. They're, they've been shamed so much in their life that they don't want to step into the greatness. I'm like, mm. nah, man, we can all be great. Come yeah, on, right. let's go. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's get it. Man, can, you know, we, I feel like we can go on for hours we in are. this conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to give you a few minutes because, like, you know, I want you to, like, just kind of give us a 
some spicy tea, some some Kiana Instagram tea. If you have any tea and you want to kind of just tea? go to town on something that's been kind of sitting in your spirit, you know, kind of want to just kind of. I'll come my tea right love. here. Look, so. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it took, just took me one minute. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I know I had some. Next part. So, next look, part, next part. Look, we were at the uh, up high here, and I loved. Um, shout out to M and Las and Tomas, Tomas that um, had this comp, this uh, workshop about problematizing the Asian Pacific Islander label, and it was beautiful. Like they broke down the history of where did this label come from, where is the Pacific actually, and why is it. Uh, why is it problematic? And it's problematic because it erases Pacific Islanders because we are yep. heavily, you know, outnumbered when you put the two together. When mm. you put Asians, which is like you know, seven plus million or right. probably even more, um, and then Islanders were like maybe one million, that we get outnumbered. And so things start to take the route of um, catering more towards Asians than to Islanders. So it, it does us a disservice. In my, in, in my being, experience, being, not even being my conflated. opinion, my ex- yeah, it's been conflated. In my experience, it's, um, it does us a disservice. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just want to read people when they use API interchangeably with what they really mean, which is Asian. Mm-hmm. Do not feign. Okay. Do mm-hmm. <laughs> not feign inclusion with us okay. that you're out here for API people when you have API spaces but ain't no Islanders in there. And so what I shared in that in that workshop was like, hey, no Islanders be calling them no API people. We don't call ourselves AAPI. We call right. ourselves Pacificas or Samoan Tongan. We call right. ourselves by our islands. We call ourselves by our ocean. We don't call ourselves by this made up ass label from the, from mm. the US. This right. is the only There's place that, that API is even you know, okay, here we go, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is the only place where that stuff is even valid is in the US. But it does such of a disservice to us. Like I heard and how many workshops people using it, um, interchangeably like hey hello I'm the only API in the room when they go into spaces like nah sis you ain't a PI okay. don't try to f- mm. front like you ain't you, your struggles are not our own y'all talking about how you know this model minority myth ain't no myth about us being model <laughs> citizens okay. it's quite the opposite over here Sheesh. so you know don't be coming at us bringing this thing that we have similar um, similar struggles when it's, it's very opposite right. and to me API as a label is no different than you saying Latinx Pacific Islander mm. As like just group those two groups together. They're so different. They're so very different. And and I'll give credence. Like there is a lot of uh, diversity in and of just the Asian Asian American label too. Right. Um. And then you add us up into that mix, and it does us no favors. So I've just I've been around spaces where folks, you know, they'll come and they'll talk to me about, oh well, how do we reach out to your community um, better? I'm like, what labor do you want me to do? You got a grant for it. Why don't you pay me to tell you? Okay. Why don't you come and Get hire us people in those your, spaces yeah. to reach out to our community? Yeah, let me do it. You you go. You want Y'all me to give you advice it? on what? No, you can't do what I do. Right. Like this is this is subject matter expertise. You better go find me. You better lie out of me a consultation. Oh, <laughs> you better write me into your grant. You write me to your grant. But you know, just those are real things that we struggle with. Where when we there's resources that are allocated for us because we do not hire people from our communities and we we raise our like you know, communities or um, organizations that are doing that, they they do mediocre, um, they raise themselves to the level of mediocrity. Hmm. And say, okay, we've done enough. We got about like uh, five something kind of islanders. Yeah. I think they, they from some island. <laughs> I'm like, they from wow. Madagascar, wrong island. They from Punanya. That's a real spot. That's an after dark spot. Okay. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, don't front. If it's for us, then it's for us. And if it's for us, hire Absolutely. us. Yes. Bring us into the space. Don't use that as a as a term for inclusion when it really is has historically been exclusive to us. Mm-hmm. 
that is I, my spicy I concur. Oh, man. <laughs> we're not a checkbox to make sure we're not we're not tokens to just make sure that we're you know a part of the space and you got some islanders there so that's the whole Jeez. representation yeah. is like Word. no we need to be at the table exactly. making decisions we're not an afterthought mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean and how dope would it be to see even more pi workshops mm-hmm. at at an api conference right. so that we are able to uh, make ourselves visible right. and share our experiences because I really love how there was a lot of non-PIs in, in that workshop mm-hmm. that really expressed how enlightened they felt and they yeah. had no idea Facts. that that like um, that they were doing existed. that. Yeah, that dynamic That's existed awesome. and that they were like um, excluding Pacific Islanders when speaking about API mm-hmm. uh, matters, but they really meant Asian American. Right. right. So so to be able to teach that to non PIs is 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 like the is, is the goal, right? Yeah. Is a is a win because, you know, it could be that all of us in that space you know, they're preaching to the choir. Right, exactly. Because it was mostly Islanders that were in that space. And I'm like, well, all of us already know why it's a problematic-ass term. So I really want to know where all the Asians at, especially yeah. the ones that are making decisions on what workshops get to be selected. Like, where are y'all at? Because okay. y'all need to come and learn why this is a problematic um, label and that you need to think this through a bit more and give more, like, um, workshops that are hosted by our Islanders, yeah. you know? Mm. So um, that was a, a clean-ass critique. Uh, <laughs> man, you heard it here first. Tea from Kiana Fuenga, man. Thank you so much for the tea. Yes. That tea wow. time was dope. That tea time was dope. <laughs> I really, I'm taking away from this tea time with Kiana that, like, I'm not going to say Samoan ish. Ish. Yeah. I am going that to. That ish got to go. That, right. that, gotta that go. ish got to yeah. go. You know, this is my version of being Samoan. Yeah. My, my experience is rooted as a Pacific Islander Samoan American. Mm-hmm. And this is my entry point. Right. right. Appreciate oh, that shit. Yeah. That's we fresh. And you. also, when I listened to you too, I was like, hey, you want him on your team, okay? Don't be ishing nobody. You want him on your team. Don't be trying to distance yourself. Like, you know, I want you on my team. You know, you sound more, sound more. Man, I don't know how to close this. Tom, did you enjoy so this? I'll take a deep breath together. Ah, Usa. Usa. I mean, we usually close it with our little check-in about, like, how we're going to take care of ourselves, you Mm -hmm. know, for the rest of the week. So, Kiana, how are you going to take care of yourself for the rest of the week? Yeah, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing, which is to be okay with sometimes not being hella productive. Yeah. Um, I'm like, look, (laughs) I have projects lined up until the end of this year. So when I'm in moments where I'm like, I feel like I'm not being productive, I kick back on that and say, Kiana, be an anti-capitalist. Your value is not based in your ability to produce work. Okay. That's right. So take a break. Go to sleep. And then I'm like, all right then. To sleep I go. Wow. That's good. How about you, Dan boy? I'm going to take care of myself this week by... Um, watching Game of Thrones. Oh, I need to do that. You know, I'm getting ready for the premiere that's coming <gasps> up on Sunday. You okay. have it, man. Winter, okay, winter is coming, okay. y'all. Winter's coming, winter y'all. is coming, and I really enjoy the story and the and the acting in it. Yeah. And there's so many Game of Thrones fans out there. I'll also put this link up. The writers from the show put together top 21 episodes to watch before the premiere. Okay. Um, mm. I'm gonna try to get that in before the premiere on Sunday. So Game of Thrones is going to be my self-care. How about you, Bex? How are you going to take care of yourself this week? Work. I'm going to do a lot of work this week. So, What does work mean? Work means a lot of clinical notes for my first 
full-time job here at the San Mateo County, so I have I have a lot of catching up to do. So okay. once I know like all my work is caught up, I'll feel then you yeah, feel better. You'll feel, I'll feel light, then you can do I work like free. that. W E R Q. Yeah, <laughs> work. work. <laughs> so yeah, this is a catch-up week for me. Good. So I'm excited for that. So yeah, and also. I really need a um, this whole meditation thing that I've been practicing. It's been really good, yeah. But it's it hasn't been consistent, so I really want to be a little bit more consistent because mm. the days that I do actually do it within a week, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, it's it's a it's a whole different bex for the rest of that day mm. after coming out of this meditation. So I'll learn from you. I, I need I need to, to do a little bit more of that. I just either don't have time in the morning. I just got to go or just get lazies. But I know that when I actually spend time quiet just focused just kind of getting my little mantra through before i actually do a prayer mm-hmm. i'm good you centered like i'm good Fresh. i'm ready to conquer the world yeah. Let's get it. i'm get ready it for the marathon yeah. okay yeah okay so i was gonna say remember last time of that check. i need that <laughs> <laughs> last time of that check. i was one with the universe <laughs> so yeah man we appreciate you kiana for coming on Making time because yes. we know you got somewhere else to go after thank this. Thank you to y'all. Thank you for the tea time. Yes, thanks. To Always y'all. informative. Always thanks for bringing me on. I appreciate it. I love y'all. And love, where, where can we I find you. you again on social media? Um, you can find me. I changed my at name. It's like at underscore Kiana dot f. Yeah, dot find f. me on Instagram on there or um, Facebook. It's just Kiana Fuenga. Just sometimes you gotta look. You gotta you know say who you are because sometimes people would just be saying some random oh, ass. I'm like, okay. is this a bot? want to be friends with a bot so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah let's be friends (laughs) (laughs) and as always y'all can get in touch with us on instagram follow us at for the cultures with a q and an s and if you got anything you want to write in about also email us for the cultures with a q and an s at gmail.com all right y'all it's been real it's been fun thank you kiana for sliding through it's been a long one it's been a long one all right Peace, love, joy, and happiness. We out. Take care, y'all. What are we doing it for? We doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture.